Welcome to my show, Revive with Jana. I am your host, Jana Johnson. And this podcast is where you will learn how to become your wellness advocate, how to overcome adversity, and how to heal and balance your body so you can be the best version of you. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to my show. Hi, everyone. Jana here. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I know I am because I have a very special guest with me today. If you have not heard of her, you're in for a real treat. I have Melissa Wiggins here with me today, better known as Coach Mama Bear. <laughs> Melissa is a fiery Scottish native. She has donned many hats. She's a sharp-minded lawyer, a high-performance master certified professional life coach, and an inspirational speaker. You can listen to her super cool Scottish accent on her podcast, Coaching and a Cup of Tea with Mama Bear, which is in the 10% global, I might add. I met Melissa through my dear friend, our dear friend, and my mentor, Amberly Lago, a year ago. And I was hooked the second that I met her. She has the best smile, story, and energy. And once you hear her speak, you just want to hear her speak again. So I don't know about you listening, but I'm ready to hear Melissa's badass accent. So without further ado, let's get to it. Melissa, welcome to my show. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know both of us have been excited for this because it feels kind of like a big full circle moment for both of us, right? Like when yes. I met you, you didn't have a podcast. When I when I met, we, my book was not out yet. And so it's just kind of exciting for both of us to... Hey, look at the fruits of our labor when we do the work, right? It's just so cool to be here. And I'm so incredibly proud of you. I mean, you're just killing it. And I'm just grateful to be here. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. You just mentioned your your upcoming book. So there's so many topics that I, I want to discuss with you because you're so authentic and real. And I know for me, that's what draws me to someone is their authenticity. But today, I specifically want to talk about your pretty big accomplishment that's uh, that's about to be available for everyone. Um, and that is your upcoming book, uh, which is titled Unfollow. And it is not a prescriptive guide, but rather a thought-provoking exploration of life's choices and possibilities. Melissa teaches the concept of having the right questions so that you stop doing life in a harder, more complicated way than you need to. The right questions change everything. Melissa, I just love everything about that. What is your goal for this book for every reader? For every reader? Yeah, it's a great question. I love it. So Unfollow was really, the real reason that I wrote it was I started looking at sort of how I was where I was in my life and thinking about what things changed for me as I sort of got to this point and I realized that along the way I just started unfollowing things that in the past maybe I hadn't questioned you know <laughs> you know how we yeah. just go along with the flow and our subconscious and our autopilot just takes us here or family norms or this is what we've always seen or done and I started unfollowing some of those things and so I realized that a lot of my success in my life has really come from that and so I wrote the book in the hope that everyone will start to question their life with excitement, right? You, you've talked yes. about this, you and I have talked about this before, right? When we're mm -hmm. in that healing work, sometimes we can be so stuck in healing, Jana, that we're not actually living, 
right? Like we're just yeah. in the mud constantly and we're not taking ourselves out of it and just enjoying like life as it is right now. And so the, the sort of red thread that goes through the book is this idea of one life, okay? We get one life, yeah. what are you gonna do with it? And so my hope for the reader is that they open up the book and they see the 20 chapters and they pick the chapter that works for them that they want to think about right now. And they go to that chapter and they read it and they start questioning things in their life from this place of what would my life be like if, right? What if I did this thing? How exciting would my life be? How much better would my life be instead of Sometimes what we do is, is we get stuck questioning and we stop doing it, Jana, because we get scared, we get fearful, we, we come from this place of shame and lack and it keeps us in that place. And then we stop questioning our life and that's how we stay stuck. So the idea of the book is really to have the reader have this experience and journey of going through different parts of their life bit by bit and questioning it. And maybe you're going to question it and you're like, I'm great with this part of my life. Or maybe you're going to question it and say, you know what, this is something I kind of do want to shift. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with that. I know that it has applied in my own life myself. You know, for me, it's like you go through life and, and you want all these things, right? You have these goals and, and these big aspirations, but, but we have this fear. It's like a, it's like a huge cinder block in front of us that's fear and it just stops us yeah. from going after what we really want. And then you get these desires, you want to go after it, but then you're scared. Right. And so I know for me personally, it took something traumatic in my life for me to just be like, screw it. I don't care anymore. Was there a particular turning point in your own life where you just were like, kind of like screw it and you began to unfollow or was it just a gradual thing? No, there was definitely a big event in my life for me that happened. I don't think there has to be for everybody, right? Like I do think some people's are gradual. Um, I kind of kickstart off the book with unfollow medical gaslighting. And so I talk about my experience with my 20 month old son who was diagnosed with stage four cancer and how at that time, you know, I love to share this story because at that time I was a 29 year old people pleaser, perfectionist, who absolutely did never want to go against the grain of other people and feared the opinions of other people. So that was me at 29 and I'm 39 now, <laughs> right? And so at 29, I was really, I was pregnant with twins and 10 days later, my son was um, was diagnosed. And, and so it just was this crazy time. And I was hearing all these things from the doctors who were, you know, Jana, they're older than me. I think they're smarter than me. I think all these things about them. And if I don't act a certain way, they're not going to like me, right? And yeah. what happened was I started to hear things like, you know, your son, you know, only has a small percent chance of living five years and your son has this and all these different things. And what happened was I just started by questioning everything they said, right? I started off from this place of like really trying to figure out where was that my only option? Are there other options? Are there other things? And I started to get excited to think, what if my child does survive and what if i'm able to change the face of pediatric cancer because of it 
right? And yeah. I just started looking at it differently rather than the opinions of this guy who had done the job for 40 years or this guy who, you know, is the head of the department calling me an idiot if I put my kid on a certain clinical trial. And I just started moving away from that and realizing in that moment, if I don't put on my big girl pants, yeah. my child will likely die. And that was very dramatic, but I don't think it has to be. And I've seen people do this work. I have clients in my mastermind, clients in my retreats who do this work without things like that. And so I share that story with the, maybe yours wasn't a medical gaslighting situation. Maybe it was something else, but that mm-hmm. thing can still give you that firework that you need in order to start deciding, right? I'm going to start deciding to unfollow and I'm going to do it from this place of, if I question everything with excitement, I start to imagine this life that maybe I could have I mean look at your life Jana right like from the year that we met right like you you right like I mean it's beautiful and amazing and and I just like following you on social media is just so fun right like but it's fun because I I got to see you do that work but also I think you started to look at life like a little differently a hundred percent a hundred percent absolutely and it's important to for all the listeners to know that because Melissa began to question everything, because you began to unfollow, that saved your son's life. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years. And yeah, he's and it's been healthy. 10 years. And he yes. is a middle schooler, very typical middle school boy. And I love every second of it. But what is also so cool about this chapter of Unfollow is that That clinical trial that we were told not to do, and if we did, we were idiots, is now a part of every treatment of every child who has neuroblastoma. And so it's a reminder, lassies, to say, stop quieting your gut down. When you hear those little taps, those little taps, those little maybes, like there's a reason they're happening. And I think when you grow up in the society that most of us have, right, and most of the homes right like for people in their 30s 40s 50s it is you respect your adults and you do what you're told and you don't question like you literally don't question and that's how that's the environment that you know as a child it's like you 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 don't speak when you're spoken to right and so then here I am as a 29 year old adult with one child and two babies inside of me thinking I'm supposed to question this but I'm so scared I'm so scared what if they don't like me and I I love sharing that part on here and I shared it on on stage at Fame Powered and you were there at our amazing friend Samantha Joy her incredible event in Denver and I shared like we have to start talking more about the messy middle of our lives right we have to start talking more about this idea that like it was terrifying for me to stand up to a 70 year old head of oncology department terrifying not terrifying today at 39 but absolutely at 29 it was and so you know if you're listening I just want like maybe it's not pediatric cancer maybe it's marriage maybe it's your your body image maybe you need to unfollow diet culture maybe you need to unfollow something else like but this book has like a little bit of everything because it's, there are 10 stories inside of the book that are my brave, brilliant, incredible clients who have offered parts of their story knowing that 
it will help somebody else if they start questioning it like that. Yeah, and I and I love that and it's a it's a great testimony to what you do and who you are and in the message in itself I think more and more people need to really soak that in because how I grew up and I know for you as well there wasn't social media and there wasn't this um, constant feeling of having to be perfect and do what everyone else does and like you said people just live life on autopilot and people people follow too many people on social media who who I think really are maybe not the best the best people to follow because these people don't necessarily like people don't show the the gritty parts of their life on social media right everybody makes it look perfect and there's all the filters and mm-hmm. and and I get it but but the pressure that it puts on people to live this life of perfection that doesn't exist it just people don't question anything it's just they're going after something they could never ever obtain and then and the message that sends to the next generation that comes through and to our children who mm-hmm. are watching everything that we do. A hundred percent. I have, you know, I have three kids, my two oldest are teenagers and gosh, I feel old saying that. And <laughs> I'm just amazed. You look like I, a teenager. So you can say it with pride because you look like you're a teenager. I appreciate that. I just <laughs> turned 42. <laughs> Let's no, go. I, I'm ready. I, just, I, I was so excited. I know you're so you're literally what ten days from turning forty. I'm, like, I'm like right now. It is eighteen days, and I'm like doing yep. a countdown, and I'm like, this is going to be the best decade of my life. Like, I'm just so excited. I I love that. I was more excited about turning forty than any other age because my my thirties were hell. My thirties that was Lyme disease, divorce. Yeah. It was hell. Mm-hmm. And turning 40 to me, like you said, it was like this turning point of walking into my chapter of destiny, so to speak. But yeah. it took my 20s and my 30s and all of that crap to prep me for what was to come in my 40s, right? I and tell so, my clients all the time, like, we win or we learn, right? Like, we win or we learn. These are the only two things, right? Like, everything that is happening, everything that happened in your 30s was not a failure, was nothing, right? Like, these are things that we either win or we learn from them. And, like, uh, yeah. if we if we start practicing that thought more, it's just so much easier to move away from perfectionism. And there's a chapter in the book called Unfollow Perfectionism and Follow Start Before You're Ready, right? And it's just this idea of moving away from having everything be perfect and right. And so I yeah. love that you share about your Lyme disease. I love that you share about your divorce because it's who you are now. Like, look at you. You're oh, 100%. That was the one thing that was the hardest for me to share, Melissa, because not because it was hard for me to talk about, but because I was so, I was so worried and and scared about what that person would think if they saw it, mm. right? The the ex, you know, and I worried for way too long about that. And, and um, even even though that person is, you know, hopefully doesn't see my social media because he's blocked, it was that that fear of like, well, I don't, and I'm like, I don't want to upset who 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 do I not want to upset. Do you know what I mean? And I remember the first post that I made about divorce and how it's just ugly, but the beautiful part of it, and it got so much uh, response. And I was like, wow, it was the one, the one thing I was the most uh, scared of talking about. 
And I did exactly what you're talking about in the book. I unfollowed all the crap that was holding me back from doing it. Mm. And I just did it. And, and once I did it and I got the response, it just, it made it easier, right? There's a way to talk about things. It doesn't have to be when you're talking about things from a healed mindset versus a victim mindset. So I know you mentioned some of that in your book about the victim mentality, right? Yeah, I do. I talk about unfollowing Martyrdom Mountain. <laughs> and, I, I, and I joke about it because like, hello, I lived there for a while, right? Like, and I talk about that in the book and this, especially you and I, right? We're female entrepreneurs who have children, right? And our kids have big lives, okay? They have, my kids have baseball and golf and and they live big, beautiful lives, right? We created that for them, right? And, Absolutely. and on purpose and intentionally. But it also means that like we have to really get very intentional with how we live our life, how we spend our time, how we don't, the people we spend it with. And I really feel like, you know, the 10 years ago when Canon was diagnosed, it sort of put in this thing to me of like one life, what am I going to do with it? And how do I want to live it? And, you know, when you're talking about your, your divorce and it being so hard, like, I wonder if, right, and that's what I want people to get from the book, if you started questioning that from a place of, well, how could this be, like, exciting, right? How could I tell this story and then, oh, my gosh, look at the number of people, Jana, that have now reached out to you for support, that have now said to you, I totally relate to your story, that you're now coaching and helping and bringing this love and energy to and like for me that's the exciting part right like how can I turn this thing into something that will fuel my fire yes I love that message right because I think that too many people they they question their life from a place of like this is what you say right they question their life from a place of lack and of fear and then they stay stuck and miserable and sometimes you just got to turn that around and people just, it's like every thought that comes into your head, you don't have to believe it. It doesn't have to stay there. You can be like, next, swipe. <laughs> and when you do that, it's like people don't do that. It's just, it's like, it's very robotic. Whatever yeah. comes in, it just like, oh, it's meant to be. That's what it is. And it's not, it's, it's okay to question things. And when you question things, that's when everything really starts to change, right? Yeah. And so I know for me personally in my life, when I began to to question everything and in my inner circle and who was in my life, and I began to put boundaries in, right? I know you speak of boundaries as well in your book. So for me, when I set boundaries, it was kind of like putting the fence up in my backyard to keep the weeds and wild animals out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the weeds and wild animals were the people that weren't serving me well in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't an easy thing to digest because I thought some of those people were, were really, uh, my friends. So well, some people just love us when we're down, right? They love exactly. us when we're down and their hand yeah. is out with, Oh my gosh, you're going through a divorce or you're going through this thing. Let me help you. Let me help you. And then you start mm -hmm. to get better and you rise and all of a sudden they don't feel so good around you. And now they start to judge some of the things that you do and, Oh, you're going to move. You're not going to be the CEO of the nonprofit anymore. And you're going to go do keynote speaking and, and, um, have your podcast. How dare you? Right? Like there are people who are like that, right? They operate from this place of, 
I like you when you're down, but when you start to rise or get higher than me, I'm not so interested in you. And like, that's really when you get to find out who are my real friends and who are here for my misery, because there are people who just love the freaking misery. Yes, because it keeps it because it keeps them safe. And when you step out of your box and you're able to spread your wings, that makes people uncomfortable with their own insecurities. And I mean, in my personal experience, I think that when I was in the victim mindset, then the other victims around me, they were they were comfortable. But as Mm -hmm. soon as I was kind of like, "Mm, I'm not really sure that's serving me well, I was hit really hard with with people and man, they, they did really good at trying to make me feel guilty for a little bit. I realized that those people were really just holding me back in life. Another part of your book in, in a chapter is about alignment. And mm-hmm. so that kind of, with me setting boundaries, I had to really think about what it was that I wanted in my life. Right. So how does alignment play a part in unfollowing? Yeah, so I one of the chapters I say unfollow work-life balance and for, follow work-life alignment. And really like that chapter is a big chapter for the entrepreneurs in the world, right? Like the people who have multiple moving parts in their life. And what I realized from working with lots of entrepreneurs and speaking to hundreds of them that this idea of balance was sucking up so many of our energies and not for the good, right? It wasn't propelling us forward. And so I started to be like, well, how do I need to think about this and talk about it with them in a way that's going to feel like they can do the big thing they're trying to do, right? So I think when you play bigger in your life, like you're doing right now, it's easy to feel like you're always off balance, right? Like I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I want this book to be a huge success, but I also have four children who are 12 and under, you know, I have a five-year-old, right? So I have this big, busy life and a dog and a stepdaughter in a different state with grandbabies and like, you know, and I have a husband who travels and it's easy to sort of be like, I I don't want to say give up, but it's easy to like put your dreams to the side, put your goals to the side and just imagine that the this other thing is more important. And I think I hope that that chapter and I hope that certain chapters in the book really encourage entrepreneurs who have big lives to realize that when you change the goal to be more about how do I align these things in my life? And I talk about the practical side of that too, right? The book also has a lot of practical tools in it that I've created over the years from scratch, right? Because I think a lot of the time we start to understand and conceptualize certain things, but we don't have the tool to like help us do the thing, right? And so I talk a a lot about like setting goals. So for me, one of my big goals was to be able to have my family life be more integrated to my work life. And so just to give you an example, earlier on today, I was talking with one of the event organizers that I'm doing a keynote at. And I said, I want to make sure that this is okay with you, but I'd like to bring along my 10-year-old son because he loves to see me speak. And that's like joy for him. It would also mean him and I would go on a plane together by ourselves. We would stay in a hotel together by ourselves. We would have an experience together. And for me, that would allow me to have the joy of my work and supporting, you know, lassies and lads and their dreams 
dreams from the stage, but also have my child be a part of that experience for me, with me. And so for me, that's ways that I have been able to align some of my work life with the fact that I have four children who actually kind of like me, Jana, and they want to hang out with me. And they How could be- they not? I mean, <laughs> you know, I love I love it when you say Lassie too. That one, I just love that. Absolutely. And what you're saying is so true because I call it mom guilt. When I decided a year ago to, to just finally go after my dreams, mm-hmm. I remember asking my kids. And mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't that I needed their permission Maybe there was a part of me that wanted it, but I just wanted them to know like how I've been here for you. I'm not going to just physically be here all the time. I'm going to be a little busier. And I love the fact that, that you are incorporating that into your work because, you know, our kids just hear us say that I got to go on a trip. I got to go on a go go work or do this and that. But when they see it, and he's going to see the impact that you have on people and all these people that love you. All it does, I believe, is is it makes them support us even more. And how are we supposed to, how are moms supposed to tell our kids to follow their dreams, be yeah. everything they want to be, but, we, but we're too scared to go after ours, right? 100%. Plus, here's the thing I think about too with that is, I imagine how a child is going to feel when they grow up and if you turn around and say to them, oh, I didn't go do that thing because I was being a mom. Like, no, I'm not putting that on my kid. That's on me. That's my responsibility if I don't go do anything else. I think the other side of this work in the book also is when I am around my children, I am there. When I pick them up, uh, and, and I do drop off and pick up every day. How do I do that? I do my work around it, right? I will finish this podcast and I will go to drive through, right? And I will be in the car line for 45 minutes like every other mama bear, right? <laughs> but when, they, when, I, when I finally get to my children and they are in the car, you know, we will maybe go grab a Starbucks. We'll maybe go to Ace Hardware and get some extra worms for fishing, right? Like I'm in it and them, right? Like, and I'm conversing with them and I'm asking them, how was their day out of 10? I'm not talking on the phone. I'm not emailing. I'm not texting. I'm with them. And so one of the things I've unfollowed is autopilot. I've unfollowed that idea that I'm just going through the motions of life because I don't want that. I want when I'm with them for them to know I'm with them. And when I'm at work and I'm doing a podcast with you, I want you to feel like, oh, Melissa was really there and present with me. Like I felt like she wasn't checking her phone or or doing something else. She was really with me and she was present with me. And many, many people have not figured this part out. And I really hope that it is something that everybody in the book goes to that chapter and reads Unfollow Autopilot because honestly, like, how can you appreciate life if you don't? A hundred percent. And that's, that brings me to the the part about uh, being present, right? There's a difference between just being there. There's a difference between picking your kids up every day on autopilot, as you say, and picking them up and you're present. And you've, you are present, you're present during your, with your clients, you're present um, on an interview you're present on the stage, but then you're present in the car with your kids or at home. And it, to me, it's quality 
over quantity. And so, you know, for, for anyone who's maybe struggling with the mom guilt and, you know, the fact of like, oh, I won't be there to do this every day. Well, how, how are you present right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me, when I learned how to create my own happiness and love myself, the way I was present in life was a, was totally different because I did life differently. I was more present for my kids and they finally saw the true me. I think, I think too many moms feel like they just have to have this mom, this mom persona on all the time where it's like, they're more of a coach with a whistle around their neck, so to speak. Right. And they forget how to just be raw and real with their kids. Yeah. And so I love that you, I love that you show your kids all of that. Right. And I think that's really, really important is to be present. Yeah, I show them me crying too. I cried in the car the other morning because they were being mean. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was hormonal. And I was like, it's just not funny. It's just <laughs> and that was a disaster. So I hope you're not listening to this interview and thinking, wow, she's really got her SHIT together, this chick. Because honestly, <laughs> I care more about my mess of my life than I do anything else. And I do it with that hope that like, each of us lives the human freaking experience, man. Like we're like, I'm not, I'm not here to play. Like I want to win at the game of life. And I feel like some of that sometimes has to be like, let's take ourselves a little less serious. A hundred percent. And that's one of, that's literally what drew me to you was your, your real, your, your authentic, um, your raw, you have to just be real with, with people because that's what draws people in. And everyone wants to, kind of feel like they're not alone, right? On their shitty days. Yeah. There was a time once where I, I would not, I try not to cry in front of my kids or get upset, mm-hmm. not get upset with them, but just with something that was going on with me. And it used to be run to the bathroom and lock the door for 10 minutes. Right. And I remember the the day and a lot of that was when I was married, right? Because I wasn't, yeah. wasn't allowed to, to have any emotion other than happiness, which yeah. I wasn't really happy. And so the, the first time I, I let that wall down in front of my kids they were there for me. How are we supposed to teach our kids how to be um, empaths and deal with other people's emotions if we don't ever show them how to do that, right? And right. so I think that's that's really, really important. Like you, you're talking about, like you don't always have your shit together and who does, right? We just do the best we can, but we only have one life to live. One life. And so how do you want to live it, right? And Time's going to go by no matter what. Do you want to look back and be glad you did or wish you would have? Absolutely. 100%. That's why I call my membership One Life. I'm like, we're going to be a group of people. We're going to be a community who believes and acts in this world like they get one chance here. Like one. Yeah, because we all do. And none of us us know when the the expiration is, right? Absolutely. So what would you say for, I know for me, like in a relationship, I feel like when one person begins to work on themselves, mm-hmm. if the if the partner isn't on board, I feel like I feel like they either grow together or they grow apart. So what do you tell people who who are in a relationship and they're and they're wanting to do this, but they're scared or worried that their spouse might not be on board? How do you how would they go about that? 
So one of the things that I tell my clients all the time is that, you know, and I like to think of it, I ran a marathon a couple years ago, and I think of it like a race, right? Like in the race's life. And I always say, you don't need your partner to be at mile 20 with you, right? You don't, but you do need them to at least be in the race, right? You need them to be at the starting line. And I think that's really important because I do think that, you know, stereotypically we females do a lot more of this type of work than males that doesn't mean that males don't want it though in my experience you know my husband and I have we just were we just went and spent eight hours with a therapist eight hours Jana we've been together for 20 years (laughs) yeah and we did a whole day like a day's retreat of like like it was with a therapist you know if if you don't water things they don't grow right and so I I am totally comfortable with not being at the same mile marker in the race but I just need you to I need to know you're in the race and that's what I tell my female clients my married clients my clients who are in long-term relationships stop trying to make them at mile 20 with you you've been a doing this longer and b you might get it quicker okay but like make sure they're in the race with you right like that's the main thing and if you start to get pieces like that then i feel like you're fine to wait for them to catch up i love that um because i've honestly i've never heard it quite put that way with as long as they're in the race i think that really is all that it it takes yeah is that they got to be on just just on board right but if you're in at the same time when you're with the right partner you know you don't you shouldn't have to even worry about that it should just be the fact that like you know you can talk to them and you know for me I'm personally just now in my first healthy relationship with any man Mm. I've never had a healthy relationship with a man not brothers father um, at all it took a little bit to understand what a healthy relationship was I had to, I then had to start questioning everything because I was like, well, this isn't, something's wrong. It's like, why do I think something's wrong when everything's right? (laughs) But that's what I was doing. And so I very clearly understand now that I, I shouldn't have to worry about talking to him about things, right? I know that he's going to understand. It might not be for him, but he's at least going to understand and support me. And I think that that's, I think that that's really important and there's something about discomfort that that stops people from moving forward right you get uncomfortable healing is not comfortable healing healing is uncomfortable but i believe that we grow in the discomfort when you have a client who is who starts to get uncomfortable in a process of of unfollowing right what what are some things people can do when they're uncomfortable instead of just stopping progress? What should they do in order to keep moving forward? Again, I think it just comes back to asking the right questions, right? I think we get overly uncomfortable, like uncomfortable to the point of wanting to stop when we're asking the wrong questions. When we're asking the Mm -hmm. right questions, I'm uncomfortable, Jana, but I know I'm okay in this uncomfortableness. Why do I know that? Because I know that it's temporary, right? I'm convinced it's temporary because I've already planned out in my life 
what this work is going to entail. Like both of us, you know, writing a book. That wasn't always comfortable. We're crying on social media. We're healing things as we write, right? It was really hard. And it, but I like, again, was just asking myself those questions instead of getting to that point of being so uncomfortable that I quit, that I stopped writing the book, that I couldn't keep going. And I think when we do it like that, we're just so much more inclined to move in the right direction instead of just staying still, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I remember you had a post that you started writing this book five or 10 years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. It was called something else. I actually had a different name for it. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. It was called Roar, which is a great name, but then someone else wrote it called Roar. So that was not going to be the title of the book. But um, it's funny because I actually was offered a publishing deal for it around three or four years ago. And I ended up showing the contract to one of my other friends who is a writer and has like like great books and so and he was like you can't sign this this is like not a good deal for you and so I ended up never finishing it and never publishing it until I met Samantha Joy and she was like yeah you need to like finish up this book and I'm like oh my gosh I do like the timing of it was so perfect and I already had been developing all these tools from years of coaching high performers that I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so good to write this book and have this place to put amazing client stories and amazing tools that I've created and have it like in one concise, beautiful like piece of art. So I'm super proud. Like that. It's not called Roar. <laughs> I know. I, lo- I love that. Roar is a great title, but Unfollow for me is... Uh, it just says everything. It speaks yeah, volumes because yeah. you automatically, and you think unfollow, you hear unfollow and you think social media, Yeah. but it's not just social media. There's so many things that we need to unfollow in life. If, if there was one thing, if there was one place that you would recommend, if someone's like, where, where should I start? What do you think is the first place for someone to start to unfollow or to question everything? Is there a certain part of their lives that you think that people should start at? I think that there is one that the return on investment of the work outweighs um, some of the other um, things that, that are offered in the book. And I think that that is the unfollow autopilot. I think that when you unfollow autopilot, there is a direct domino effect on many different areas in your life. And I think the return on investment for that work and that chapter is massive. And I also think it would spur you on to do other pieces of work because you would get the benefits of it so quickly. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that because like you said, it's it's kind of a domino effect. When you begin yeah. just one little area, it sometimes that's all it takes, right? It's like a just needs like one little push and then it just starts to flow. And then when that happens, I feel like I feel like everything in our life slowly starts to just kind of fall into place. But but you can't you can't start the the wheel to turn, so to speak, if you don't push it. You gotta yeah. do something. Well, I'm so excited about this book. I know it's coming out November 27th. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I can't wait to read it. And um, I'm so glad that we got this time together. I can't thank you enough just for coming on the show 
And um, I know you probably got to get to go pick up your kids and get in that 45 minute <laughs> car line. <laughs> what a um, car line. If you've never hey, experienced one, you should That's like the last it. minute you get to like catch up on your phone calls and and do all that stuff. So I love it. But thank you so much. You're such an inspiration to so many amazing people and the work that you do is just like such a light in the world. So I really appreciate you like taking time out of your day to interview me about the book. It's oh so my fun. goodness. Absolutely. I could I could listen to you forever. I mean, this has just been amazing, truly. I have so much more I could talk about. I know we're gonna have another conversation because you're fixing to be a best selling author. And so then we'll need to We'll need to have a conversation about that. I want my listeners to be able to just find you. So where yeah. where should people go to to find you? Sure. So you should definitely follow me on social media. Maybe you'll even see me in Carline. That's fun. <laughs> and um, I have a lot of fun on social media. I give a lot of like motivational tips, but also like very honest, raw encounters of real life as a working mom too. And then melissawiggins.life is my website and you can go on there and you can sign up for my newsletter where you'll find out about everything that's sort of coming out with the book and the book launch and the parties and all the fun stuff that we get to do to like make these books bestsellers so that they can help as many people as possible. Well, I, I know I absolutely love uh, following you on social media and so I highly suggest everyone goes and does that and listen to our podcast and I just want to thank everyone for tuning in today. I hope you all have a great day and I will be talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show and make sure and go to revivebyjana.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter. You can follow me on Instagram at revivebyjana to see my health tips and advice.